This is Corolla Digital. Hello, my little Cornish game hens. It's me, Allison. Welcome to what is officially the very first podcast you're going to hear from me in 2013. Wow. I'm already a little discombobulated, and I'll tell you why. It is because my phone is not sending email right now, um, and it's funny how that can completely make it so that I can't focus on anything other than the fact that I need to um, I need to force this problem on Gary because he has tech know-how and expertise, and I need to say, Gary, fix my phone, please, because I have important emails that I sent to myself earlier and I can't receive them and also that I sent to Gary and then I had to text them. So this is not the right foot to start this year off on. Um, When we last talked, you guys and Gary and I were discussing – well, Gary and I were doing most of the talking. But there was some discussion of New Year's Eve and uh, I vowed I I would never do nothing again. There's a lot of negatives in that sentence. But uh, I, I I got pretty close to doing nothing this year. I hung out with Daniel, and then my friend Trevor came over, and then we played an educational game. We did stay up till midnight, and I already wish I hadn't admitted all of this because it was um it was just that lame. But you know, it was fun, ish. I don't know, Gary. What did you do? Uh, I got very close to doing nothing. Also, I uh, I moved yesterday and uh, spent New Year's Eve packing because. I thought that that would, I don't know, get me to a place where I could move easier. Mm -hmm. No. It didn't? No. I mean, I'm sure it made it easier than it would have been, but moving still sucked. Did you do anything special at midnight alone with your boxes, though? Kiss yourself? Um, No. I don't don't think I... I Were you even aware of midnight happening? Yeah. I noticed that it was midnight, but I was watching a movie or something. Yeah. I didn't... It just You're busy packing, watching a movie? It just seemed really lame. Yeah. Pretty much. So are so you're how like what percentage of moved into the new place are you? All my stuff's there. It's a matter of there is still ten boxes that need to be unpacked, mm-hmm. but all my furniture is there. There's nothing at my old place anymore. Have so you, I would say eighty. Have you turned in the keys and everything in your old place? No, because no, because I uh, I wanted to make sure that I had plenty of time, so I gave my notice for the twelfth. Yes, and was and my landlord is hounding me about like you know when are you going to give your notice? I have a new couple lined up, so I was hoping that if I got out the fifth, I could just give him the keys and he would let me slide. And he didn't. He was a kind of a jerk about it. They always like, are. He's like, no. And I was like, okay, well, don't they you always... dare go into my apartment because I'm going to come back and play Angry Birds once every three days for like an <laughs> hour. And if any of my shit's moved, you're paying me for I those f- days. I feel like as soon as you're on your way out, you're reminded what a good decision it was to leave this hellhole. Like that's been my experience with landlords. They're great 100%. when you're there. Yeah. And then also, and this actually, this is timely because it will come up in the episode that you're about to hear uh, with, with Chris D'Elia, who is hilarious. We talked about moving. And what I was saying is I've moved a number of times and I feel like I should have gathered some kind of information or skills about how to move well. And every time I do it, it's hugely stressful and upsetting. You, Gare? E? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this time more so than last time. Um, Last time I was moving from a house into a one-bedroom apartment, so there was a lot of space. Mm -hmm. And then I lived there for two and a half or three years, and I filled all that space, and now I'm moving back into a house. So it was was difficult to try to – my space already seems really full, and I have not unpacked any of the boxes. Right. it's uh yeah it's it's never fun and you know I did everything I could this time to make it easier on myself including professional movers and it still mm-hmm. sucked yeah 
All right. But you're coming up in the world if, if professional movers this time versus friends with uh, trucks and stuff last time. Uh, yeah, I was, it was a public service to my friends. I didn't want Yeah, I, didn't I want always anything. use movers too because I can't I, I, I can't didn't want anything for Christmas. So I said, pay for me to get movers. And that was what I got for Christmas. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was awesome. Did they all get organized and pool their money and all that? I think so, yeah. Oh, that's I, nice. I didn't really question it once I got the the thing at the end, but yeah, I think that it was my sisters and my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. See, well, see, Ricky Lindholm. I remember on the episode that she was on of this show, uh, she said that her birthday present to herself was an like something like sending an email to her friends, letting them know that she didn't want to give them rides to the airport anymore. Yeah, I kind of like these unconventional gifts. I got to think more. Like, what kind of uh, in what way am I going to? Um, force my will onto my friends. And that actually makes – that sounds like a bitchy thing to say about Ricky and you. And I don't mean it in that way. I just mean I need to think outside the box here. I didn't hear it that way. OK. Wonderful. I believe we have an iTunes comment of the week, do we not? Or two, actually. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments. And don't forget to click five stars. strikes me that it's been far too long since I heard that I song. I know. Felt I got good. really excited I when I too. heard it. Thank you, Trap Dog. Um, all right. So our first iTunes comment of the week comes from Come See My Movie, and it's titled Thanks, Allison. Just over 30 hours cigarette-free, so I'm holed up in my room and not talking to anyone with the phone off listening to your lovely voice. Thought you might appreciate the bitter solitude. I have tasted it. Not gay. <laughs> that, uh, I do. I do appreciate the bitter solitude. And congratulations on the 30-plus hours. Um, that is a reference to the episode that, that Greg Fitzsimmons is on. And now Greg Fitzsimmons is kind of like an unparalleled perv. But uh, I'm trying to remember how it even came up. I just, I just assumed that most men have tasted their own, you know, semen. Ick. Um, but it turns out that, that Greg hadn't, he was sitting here talking about sticking pencils up his butt, but he hadn't done that. And, uh, anyway, that's what that's a reference to. And this, I think is a pretty clean episode and I've just soiled it. Next comment. All right. Our second iTunes comment of the week comes from Lodog45 and it is titled my new best friend slash therapist. I've been a fan of the Adam Carolla show for the past few years and I've always loved Allison on the show. I was a little late on the ARIYNBF bandwagon, but now I'm a weekly listener. I'm a female in my mid-twenties, and sometimes when Allison is talking about her past failed love life, I feel like she is talking about my life. I look forward to listening to my new best friend every week, and keep up the great work, Allison and Gary. Thanks. Thank you so much. And um, I was thinking, you know, all these things that I think are unique about my dating history and dating life and things I figured out because I used to make, you know, such horrible decisions, but now I feel like I'm much better and I did all this work on myself and et cetera, et cetera. So many people relate to that that I'm beginning to wonder, is it not that I just was awful at dating and and then I went to therapy and et cetera and started making different decisions and now I'm better? Is that just the natural process? Is it just that all of us are terrible in our 20s? I don't know. I pose that question. Um, And then also I want to pose another completely unrelated question, which is that Daniel and I want to get a dog. But before we do it, we want to spend time with a lot of dogs and different breeds and things to figure out what we want. And we can't figure out where we go to um, sample all the dog breeds, you know, Uh, maybe just a pet store. 
we went to Petco yesterday with the idea of asking someone there, but then we got there and we didn't feel like they would be able to. They would be a resource. I don't know. Wait, you know why? Because I feel like the brains of that operation are in the reptile section. They don't know where you go to play with dogs. Do you know, Gary? I'm posing it to the <laughs> listeners, but if you know, tell me. Oh uh, well, a dog park. My, I was just going to say my commute home has a dog park on it, and there's a ton of fucking people there. It's right under the Hollywood sign, so it's like a touristy thing too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, are you even allowed to go into a dog park if you don't have a dog, though? <laughs> fucking grass field of course you are oh okay yeah i mean it's weird it's i i it's not like going onto a playground with no kid if that's what you're saying yeah that's what i'm worried about no. it's I mean, weird i feel like it's a perfectly acceptable normal thing and yet it seems that there it could be perceived as something creepy like i want to play with your dog i mean i think that if you immediately <laughs> go up to you know look around and find a friendly face and go up to them and just explain why you're there mm-hmm. you're gonna have a little you know have a friend and the dogs are gonna be all running around and it's, i don't think it's gonna be weird at all so what you're saying is if I want to play with dogs, I'm going to have to talk to humans? <clears throat> that goes against this whole thing. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I think that, yeah. But although I think the people at the dog park are going to be more enjoyable than people at the Petco. Yeah, I think you're right. All right. But listeners, if you have any advice, tweet me at Allison Rosen or at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. And if you'd like to email the show, that's A-R-I-Y-N-B-F at AdamCarolla.com. Um, I want to tell you guys about a sponsor whom I love, and that would be Go to My PC. So let's say you're out and suddenly you realize, oh, crap. And you're out and you're not going to be home in a second, by the way. You're out perhaps at the airport or um, anywhere that's going to take a while. And you think, shoot, there's something on my computer at home or my computer at work that I need and I cannot access it from here. And what am I going to do? And if you're me, you would actually be unable to complete whatever action you're doing because you'd have to go be at you'd have to you have to bust into wherever your computer is and unlock this info well no more you guys now you can just use go to my pc it's a powerfully simple tool from citrix that keeps you connected to your business wherever you are you can remotely connect to your entire office computer or your home computer from any mac pc tablet or smartphone and you can securely access your network you don't have to be worried about it works on any program you can save edit or send any file so this frees you from the shackles of your office uh, and allows you to be more productive and more efficient and you can work from home or on the go. You could do it from the grocery store. I feel like I spend way too much time there and that's when it usually – the grocery store and the shower are where it occurs to me that, shoot, there's something I need on some other something or other and it's not, I'm not here and now go to my PC, freeze me of this problem although I probably wouldn't want to use it in the shower. Try Go to My PC free today with a special 45-day free trial just for my listeners. That's you guys. Visit gotomypc.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code Allison. Then download the free app to your iPad or iPhone. That's gotomypc.com. Try it free, promo code Allison. Um, also, I want to t- tell you guys about Vistaprint.com. I love Vistaprint. They help you make all sorts of amazing, cool things for your business, um, business card. Like, they can put your you and your logo onto anything. And an es- especially cool thing that they are offering are personalized calendars. It's the very beginning of the new year. And it's the time that most people need a new calendar. Now, there are certain people among us who say they don't need an actual calendar anymore. And to them, I say, what month is it and what day is it? And I bet you anything, they'll be like, uh, uh, uh. 
just try it. It's a test. Try it out with people. I guarantee you. They don't know. They don't know because that's because you need a calendar. You just do. I have one with puppies on it. Um, but you can get a personalized calendar from Vistaprint. Include personal photos, text images and captions, notes for special dates, any starting month you want. It's a fun, unique and affordable thing to do. Uh, and it's a great promotion. It makes a great gift for customers, friends, and family. They have wall calendars, desk calendars, poster calendars, wallet calendars, magnets, and cards. Choose from hundreds of calendar templates, easy to design and order. Um, so go online, vistaprint.com, and check it out. They have all sorts of different cool calendars. And they, they have more than just calendars as well. They have all sorts of everything. They can pretty much make anything. Um, so there's an offer right now. All calendars, including wall, desk, poster, wallet, and folded, are 50% off. And you get free shipping on your entire order if you spend more than $30. Go to www.vistaprint.com slash bestfriend to get this incredible offer. Remember, just go to www.vistaprint.com slash bestfriend. Satisfaction guaranteed. Not happy. They will make it right. No risk. All right, you guys. Here comes the episode with Chris D'Elia. Please enjoy it. I think you will. He's really funny and, uh, and opened up about a lot of cool stuff. Here we go. I love you guys. I almost forgot to tell you that. Oh, I need a calendar. I love you. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. It's me, Allison Rosen, and welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. My guest today is actor and comedian Chris D'Elia. Hello. Hi. How's it going? It's good. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to choose to think that was sincere, although it, I feel like I can't quite tell. So many people uh, always say that to me, are you serious or not? And I think that it must be something to do with my face or my voice. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they do that. I actually get a fair amount of that as well. Really? Yeah, yeah. I could imagine that. Sure, yeah. I, and I don't – see, it makes me wonder, is it because they just know us to be like funny, sarcastic yeah. people? I've put myself in that category. Yeah, you're, you're there. Or um, I don't know. Like I get accused of, of – like I need to drop the ironic tone of voice and I'm like I'm not, I'm not <laughs> trying to be however I am. It's just you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know um, for the same reason people always – like I can't get – this I think this coincides with this. I and uh, I I don't know why I thought about this, but this is the truth. I can't get help in like uh, department stores. They won't come up to me and be like, "Do you need help?" Because they think that I already am going to be like, jerk, like pulling their leg and shit. Interesting. And like a jerk, kind of. Mm-hmm. So you um, you telegraph. Asshole. I think it's just like an oh, yeah, uh, aloof. I think is what it is. Or intimidating. Yeah, I'm really badass is what you're trying to say. Yeah. I think. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens if you shave? Do you still – are you treated the same way? I don't know. I don't know. It's been so long. <laughs> really? I've had this beard for so long. Yeah. Since you were 13 or something? It's Yeah, ever since puberty. No, I, I had it since um, – let's see. I had it since I was 20 – I've had it for eight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How come? I mean it looks good. Um, but... Yeah, no, but that's like a choice I guess. I don't know. I don't – I don't. I think I. F- I think. I think I like. I. I don't want to shave every day. First of all, mm-hmm. 
but then second of all, I think like going deeper into it, I think that it, I, I think that I feel better because you can't really see my face, which, which sounds corny, but I just feel like so exposed when I'm not shaved. I, maybe mm-hmm. it's because I don't shave, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. Are you someone who do you tend to be shy? Yeah, I'm. I'm shy. I mean, I don't know. I get in moods. Like I'm definitely not shy. Obviously, when I'm on stage and then after shows, I'm riding that high. But I can be shy one on one. I think. Yeah. I have to. I have to. In my early twenties, I was like really, 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 really insecure. I couldn't even go to parties and like function. And then once I started doing stand up, that all changed. Now I don't care. You know, mm-hmm. once you stare at four hundred people looking at you, like, uh, I mean, we've all had those shows. But it's just like, yeah, I just um, it it that that develops a thick skin. Do you enjoy parties now? No, uh, uh-uh, no. I never really cared. I mean, now that I, I all, my, all honestly, all my energy goes into my stand up and mm-hmm. you know if i have a job like like i'm on whitney like that and it just it's just it's just too too much i don't like to go like this like what i don't like to do that <laughs> yes it, that's oh, like every yes. party in every club you're just it's like i don't want to be somewhere where i can't hear somebody yes. talking to me and i will actually have a headache the next day and yeah. my throat will be scratchy from trying to be heard because oh. i'm the person i will speak up so they can hear me and probably what that means is that i'm yelling yeah, you are. about something mundane into the person's yeah. ear and they're probably like just speak normally i would be able to hear you no but they but at you're me. at a loud place though you would they wouldn't right. be able to hear you but some people won't even raise their voice and then i'm well, like people, now i hate this place and i hate you honestly those people can go like those people should not be out can we swear on this oh fuck yes those people can go fuck themselves because I have friends that have – I have two friends that have room tone voice. Oh. And they just – like when they talk, it sounds like this. And you're just like <laughs> – this is like that's – you're talking as loud as the room is. Like yeah. even if we're at like a quiet <laughs> library, it's – I say I said to my buddy the other day, I was like, yo, man, seriously, you need to fucking talk louder because I, I don't want to say what – every time he says something, I say what? And then I catch myself. I'm like, it's not my fucking – I don't want to say what anymore. Yes. I, I'll hit a what limit. Oh, well, it'll be yeah. what? I'm sorry I can't hear yes. you. I'm sorry. Say it. And then when I get frustrated in a very silky so, – to describe myself as silky – in a very like yeah. calm tone as if I'm talking to a child, I'll say, I'm sorry. Say it again? Yeah. And then, it, then we're done. The yeah. person is dead to me. And then I'll just pretend I heard because I can't do it yeah. anymore. But what do you choose? What is your thing that you go with? Because I'll just be like, oh, okay. But like you don't. I think I just can't. I I just nod and I hope that I'm not really being asked a question. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. Because I actually begin to doubt myself, and I think that maybe what they're saying is understandable, and I just have lost the ability to like parse syllables. Oh or, right, or you think it's your fault? Yes. Yeah. But I don't think it is. No, it's not ever your fault. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, some things better. are, but not the listening thing. No, no. that's them. It's a t- it's a problem with their talking. If you say what three times and they're not being heard, that's their fault. Yes. Now, why were you insecure in your early twenties? Uh, because um, I went through. I think I think it had to do with I was with a girl that I was with for like two years, and I thought I was gonna like be with her forever, and then she broke up with me because she um, pretty much kind of found the Mormon religion. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so, I mean, she was woman her family was, but she kind of was like, I'm never going to be like that, and then mm-hmm. finally came around, and then it just kind of, like, messed me up, and then I th- I just couldn't, like, meet girls. I couldn't, like, I, I just couldn't, like, I couldn't, I don't know. I think it had to do with that. That's when it, like, started, mm-hmm. you know, because she was, like, the person I would go to and, like, whatever, 
for with about anything and then I didn't have that you know right so you know I think that had something to do with it um did well but did you feel like there was something wrong with you no I so just, it was more just you didn't I have just, that security yeah like I'm I, I always thought I was funny I always thought I was good at having a conversation but just in those environments I would be like oh it's time it's time to talk and then I would do it and then it would just uh, you just think too much and then you're fucked you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah I was thinking I about this recently actually it's funny you bring it up yeah did you hit any conclusions no, no just that I mean but I was I was um I was at a party once and I wanted to talk to this girl, I remember. And I was with my friend. And uh, he was like, yeah, you should talk to that girl. And 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 I tried and it just was so bad. And that was like my like, what the fuck? Like, because after I had broken up with that girl, this was like the first time I tried to talk to the, this other girl. And I was like, I don't know. What have I become? It was like one of these things where I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. I got to change something. And then for a little bit, it was like that. And then, like, I, I think I told you this outside out there or maybe mm-hmm. here. Or, I don't remember when I said it. Or, well, I mean, we go way back to, like, five minutes yeah. ago. Yeah, but I, I, I started doing stand-up, and then it's like, who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I just said it in here, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, you said, okay. yeah, you, the listeners <laughs> also go back with you okay, yeah. to that. So we all have a history here. And yes, we do. We remember what happened. Right. Um, I was just thinking about that thing you said a moment ago. Yeah. Now, with her getting deep into the religion, how yeah. did that happen? Uh, well, her family was re- religious, and, you know, there was a big Mormon population where I kind of grew up and went to high school in La Cañada, California. Okay. Uh, and uh, they have, like, a really great, like, family value and, like, shit like that. And this girl that I was seeing just didn't really – you know, she was kind of just going through her teenager thing. I mean, we were – well, we were 21, 20, 21, and she, she just kind of, like, went to school and just wasn't wanting to be Mormon and then came back one day and just said – I think I want to be Mormon and started giving me like books and shit and like videos. Oh, she wanted you to. Well, she she broke up with me though. So it wasn't like it was, she was just like she was like I'm breaking up with you, but here's some stuff to oh, look at just for your own good, you know? And I was like, yeah, exactly. And so I'm like, all right, I'll I'll try to watch it like and it was just immediately like not not I, I just I don't like, I can't I can't do mm-hmm. this, you know. It's just so far from what I am. I don't, I don't have any religion really, but like so so uh so I I stopped uh kind of seeing her and she she she's married now with kids, you know, Mormon Mormon family. And it's good. It's, good. it's exactly what she should have done, you know, but it's like that bothered me for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um and what made you start doing stand up? I had always wanted to do stand up, but uh ever since I was like a, I, the first thing that was the first thing I remember saying and my dad told me I said, "What do you want to do?" I said, "I want to be a comedian." Just cuz I thought it was crazy. My dad said that <laughs> He thinks that I got the idea of becoming a comedian because I was – he was watching a Jerry Lewis movie one time in in the TV room and I ran in with like just – I was playing and I ran in quickly and I saw Jerry Lewis doing some crazy shit that he does with his body and face and loud noises. And I said, who is that guy? And he said, that's, that's Jerry Lewis. And then a beat later I said, uh, does he get paid to do that? <laughs> and he said, uh, yeah. Matter of fact, he gets paid a lot of money to do that. <laughs> and he said – I. I waited a beat and I just went, huh. And I I walked out of the room. He attributes that moment to me thinking that that's what I wanted to do for a living. But Mm -hmm. um, I I basically was like a writer and an actor for a while just because I thought I would do stand-up later and I would just get into it. And then uh, that's a – 
I would get into it like in the back doorway where it's mm-hmm. like an actor does stand up, which is a terrible fucking idea. Now that I know, now that I do it. Right. And it probably just, now that you see how actors who do stand up all of a Yeah, it's just not respected are... <laughs> yeah. really, you know. But I didn't know that back then. And um, and so I was just getting guest spots here and there, kicking around. And I had scripts that I had optioned. Even I was making some money off of stuff, but it never got produced. And, you know. Were and, these um, – like what kind of scripts? Like comedies and, and just like, you know, like like low budget comedies that were getting production companies behind them and you know I was I was making some money, but it wasn't like you don't care as a young kid, you just want to get your stuff out there mm-hmm. and see, you know, this was like I was twenty two, twenty three. Yeah. yeah, isn't it funny how wanting to be paid the the relationship between money and your work only becomes something you care about after you've been doing it for a while. Yeah. At least in my experience. Yeah, in the yeah, beginning absolutely. it's like, oh my god, like the chance to do any of this, I would do it for free. I did a, a I did a weekend at a club when I first started for fifteen hundred dollars for a thousand five hundred dollars, and that's such a rip. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did like seven shows, and it's just like if you think about the money they're making and then the money you're making, it just makes yeah. no sense. I mean, their shows were packed. I would never do that now, you know. But right. it's like, but back then I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I get to do seven shows. And, yes, you know exactly. <laughs> um, and I, and I still would do it for free if that's really what I had to, you mm-hmm. know. But I don't have to, so well, then, I mean, then money becomes a thing. Yeah, and I think after you've been doing something for a while, then it becomes – all these other things become attached to the amount you're paid, like it's a, like respect and where you are in your career yeah. and I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you're right. You're like, no, I don't that, – no. Right, I don't, that's, I'm no. not past that yes, phase absolutely. now. It's a whole – yeah, I 100% agree with you. And yeah. you have other people presumably negotiating sure. your, on your behalf who are telling you, no, that's sure. a, that means this or whatever. It's a slap in the face. Right, right. Maybe they don't say it in that language. No, they do it like that, like they're from the 40s. Hey, that's a slap in the face, kid. <laughs> that's what they say. Banana oil. You can't take that. Um, <laughs> no, so uh, so then I, I was like at a, kind of at a loss. I just got on stage when I was 25. And I, it was my New Year's resolution. I was like, I'm just going to get on stage once a week. It was 2006. I'm going to get on stage once a week for the whole year. And I went on January 2nd, 2006. And then I was just like, oh, this is fucking awesome. And I went every day after that. Mm-hmm. So I just – Wait, for I how st- long? I did it every day since then. You I mean, still do I mean, it every day? I do stand up. Um, it's hard to do it every day now because I shoot Whitney. But I do it – I probably do at least five shows a week. Wow. It, probably at least. Sometimes wow. more, yeah. Uh, how long are these sets? Uh, anywhere from twenty to thirty-five minutes. And oh, well, you know, if I'm on the road, I'll do an hour plus right. each show. But but in town, which is where I am now, because I'm shooting the show, I, I do shorter. There's more comedians, you know. So. Mm-hmm. How uh, how much prep goes into that? The stand-up. Yeah, I mean, you, you've already done it. You know, it's like it's one of those things where it's just like, um. You know, it's like you're if you're if you're training for a marathon, you're just running every day. Mm-hmm. So it's like you, I'm, I'm so, doing stand up every right. day. So it's like if somebody wants me to go on stage, I'll just go on stage. I'll just do it. You know, I know I have a bunch of material that I can pick from, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if if you're talking about when do I know a joke's ready, I guess I'll just like try and like throw them in yeah. between two jokes that work. Well, then, no, I, well, I mean, like if I were I. I've done stand-up um, like a very tiny handful uh-huh. of times, not in a long time. So if yeah. I knew that I was going to do it, I would need so much time to yeah. get all the, you know, or yeah. even if I, like I just, I used to do um, live TV stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And I just did Geraldo yesterday talking about current events. Oh, and cool. But I hadn't done it. I hadn't done that kind of stuff yeah, in a couple yeah, yeah. of years. And so I was surprised. I was nervous, which is weird for me because I 
used to never get nervous and I was just like, what if I've lost my ability to do this? So it took me an extra amount of prep. Whereas if they call me for next week, then I'll be able to just do kind of the minimum of stuff. Because you just did it. it. Yeah. So it's like a mental thing. Yes. So that's what I'm asking. If you know you're to have a set that night, at what time in the day do you start thinking about it? No, I don't. I just, I'm thinking about it all day or I'm not. You know, it's like the same thing. It's just like, like, um, I'm always thinking about, I'm, I'm constantly thinking about what's what do I think is funny. So I'm always in that like m- mode, you know, but like um I guess I guess I I don't I just it's all part of what I do. Like if right. I, if I'm at it's, the it's cl- not like it's five o'clock, I have to sit down with a pen. No, no, no. Or or even get into the zone. There's no not it's just I show up and I'm yeah. Do you awesome. think about what you're gonna what you're gonna put in the set ahead of time? No. Oh, so I, you I, just I, you just vibe. I just <laughs> I just kind of I mean I'll I'll usually have something that I open with that that you know every few months I'll be like this is kind of what I open with but then I never I just let it go where I it's more fun that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I was noticing you interact with the crowd a lot. Yeah, I like to do that sometimes because I get material from that actually. Um but uh and it's fun for me too because I if if the people are cool then I just like to like make fun of them and I, I've always found like my whole family growing up just I was the one that got all the jokes thrown at me and I just kind of feel like that comes from like a genuine place of like love like if they're making fun of you they like you enough to make fun of you and mm-hmm. so so I like to do that if I like the audience and it's fun you know I mean mm-hmm. I also do the other way if they're shit if somebody's a real asshole then I'll I don't care about making the show weird and like you know making them feel shitty like I'll do that too um with with doing stand up as frequently as you do, do you uh, think about how it went afterwards, and does your is your mood attached to how you feel like how you did? Yeah, yeah, it's hard to um, it's hard to shake a bad set, man. I mean, and 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 sometimes like like last month, I was going through like probably two weeks or three weeks of like just not doing what I wanted to do on stage, and I was just like. I, I don't know what it was, you know, I mean, just like a rut, but it was just, it was bothering me all for like three weeks. I was mm-hmm. just like, man, I got to get, I got to get a good set in somewhere. And then just last week, it kind of all came together and I had a few good ones. So what do you mean by not, you weren't able to do what you wanted to do? Like, like I, I just wasn't able to get in, like I, I enjoy, I enjoy when the crowd's good. It's great, but I wasn't able to get to feel like I was having the most fun or most um laughs i like to laugh too and i like to mm-hmm. i just it, it just felt like maybe i was on autopilot or something like and you I, weren't in the moment yeah exactly that's what it was yeah and uh and people come up to me afterwards and be like oh man that was so funny and it's just like okay yeah but it still didn't it didn't it doesn't matter yeah. i mean that matters but it makes you feel a little better but i just it, it's like it's like it's like when i was at that party and i was just like this shit isn't working you know right. with that girl why did I, I just said something stupid with that girl and I, like that's how i feel Almost like you're like disconnected from yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I did um, my this podcast live, and I was uh, like, I thought my boyfriend was going to be picking me up, but then he was uh, he there was all this traffic, so he couldn't get there. So then I'm like, shit! If I was going to drive myself, I would have had to leave yeah. half an hour ago. So I was racing, and like, I just felt on edge and like shaken up and nervous all night and like I was juggling yeah. four things at once and it was people liked the show but the experience of it was yeah. so like it felt like something that was happening to me and I just couldn't get on the right side yeah. of it the whole night 
And it bothered me for days afterwards, actually. Yeah, I hear you. I don't mean, I don't mean to laugh at it, but no, I mean, no, I've, I've been there, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that shit can help me, you know, if I'm like in in a, in a like if I, you know, I've been in the thing where I'm just, I'm you know, an ex of mine. I'm arguing with her, arguing with her. I got to go on stage, bam, and then I go on stage. And then sometimes I, like, I'll have a great set because mm-hmm. of that, because that's where I go to let off all that shit. Right. But uh, sometimes it, it doesn't, you know, you're just, you're just in your head, which yeah. is, I guess, how it was the past three weeks. But, and, but then I had a good set. And then I, re- I did a good set. I had a good set at the comedy store, and I was like, "Finally, I'm so happy!" And then I went to the Laugh Factory right after that, and I did another set, and that one was good too. And it was just because of the way I was feeling, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I guess I wish that. Uh, or let me make this a question: Do you wish that you had more control over how all that goes, though? Because I just feel like now I'm turning back to me. I just feel like you could. There's a lot of things you can do to try to ensure that you have a good set and that things go well. But ultimately, with live performances, like yeah. you, you're not in control of it. Yeah, I think that. I think that you're in control of. I think that a comedian is in more control of it than one would think because I can't. I think it was. I think it was Brett Ernst, the comedian. I don't know if you know Brett, but Mm-mm. he's a he's a really funny comedian. And he said to me once. He said, "You go through different levels of your of your um, of your career as a stand-up. Like, if you take ten people, and uh, six of them are are, are hardworking, blue-collar, you know, uh, people that are at your show, and and this is an audience of ten. Six of them are like that, and then four of them are Oprah, Brad Pitt." Uh, the queen, uh, the president, or whatever—you know what I mean? Like in the beginning of, the, of your career, you just want to get the what majority. A small, distinguished audience. Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah, the, in the beginning of the career, you want to get the six, the six, the majority of the people mm-hmm. laugh. And then a few years later, you you don't really care. You want to get the other people because those are the people you admire. Yeah. And then after that, you reach a new level where you're just like, I don't give a shit if they laugh or not. You know, it's like it doesn't matter who they are. It's 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 me that it, it's this is for me. And uh, I always thought of that. And, that's and really that's, interesting. Yeah, I thought it was interesting when he said that. But um, but I just uh, – Where I, are you? I, I think <laughs> – I mean, I, I, you know, I'd like to think that I'm there. I don't care what they think. I mean, I obviously do. That's why you do stand-up. You want to – it's part of the reasons you want to make the people happy. Yeah. But, but um, if you can get to the point where you're on stage and you really don't care what's happening as long as you are doing what you want to do, then it's a good set. And, and that all comes from you anyway, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like – I mean, I've been to a, I've been to shows where somebody says "fuck you," you know, just really loud. You ain't shit, you know. And 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 I've still I loved the set because I was like "fuck you," and I just bounced back, and I was in a good mood. And it mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, it's all. I think it all yeah. depends on your mood, you know. And and I think a lot of it does actually to go back to the thing we we're talking about about control. I think a lot of it probably like if someone yells "fuck you," but you're able to make comedy out of yeah. it, and it doesn't rattle you, yeah. then you probably feel good. Yeah. I'd imagine. Yeah, like the other day, I, I dropped a glass on stage and it shattered, and I just was in a good mood, and I just made it a part of it, and it was fun. But if that were to happen on somewhere I was feeling insecure, a night where I was feeling insecure, it would have fucked me up. Mm-hmm. That's all my control, or you know, right. my mind doing what it does, I guess. Um, how did you meet Whitney? I met her at uh, open mics. Man, we've known each other for a long time, uh, doing stand up. Um, She's been doing it a little longer than I have, and I I kind of was doing open mics, and and she was this girl that would I would run into every now and then, and we um, she's she, we would just like kind of I don't know we liked each other. She was cool, and 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 um and I suppose she liked me enough to I mean put me in some shit, but she uh 
we just kind of would always like, and then we both got into the comedy store and we would just like bring each other up on stage. I, I, I'd bring her up and then she, next night she'd bring me up, you know, and it was just, um, it was really cool. Uh, and, and that was like six years ago, probably, um, when I started stand up. And, mm-hmm. and now, I mean, now she's Whitney Cummings, you know. Did she um, write the part with you in mind? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she, it was you from the beginning. Yeah, she wrote it for for me i mean you know um it was definitely when i read it it was like my sensibility and like stuff that i would probably say mm-hmm. or possibly say if, if 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 i was her boyfriend or whatever but uh uh and then she, and then you know i still had to go through all the hoops through the network and get the get the part mm-hmm. but i mean i i mean she you know she came up to me and she was like i wrote this part for you and i think nbc wants to do the pilot and i was like okay i mean you hear I wrote. The, I don't know how many times you hear. I wrote this part for you, and then you just somebody else ends up playing. Like you wonder, oh, who's going to end up playing? Never. <laughs> you guys write parts for me, especially if you're in the as entertainment an actor, industry. As an actor. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, I, you hear that all right, the time, so and you're you like, you okay, like, yeah. and then fucking somebody else that you have seen before on TV <laughs> ends up playing it. But yeah, no, I ended up getting it. I, I think she, you know, she probably went to bat for me. She's great. She's one of those people though that you don't really say no to. Mm-hmm. So NBC was probably like, oh, you like. Chris Sebastian, yeah, we see it, you know, just because of the way she is. What What does that mean? Well, because she she wanted me for the part. I mean, and and I had to go in and test against all the other actors. And when Whitney thinks something is good, you just kind of – you're like, oh, yeah, it probably is good. You hmm. know, she's just one of those people. I need more of that. Yeah, I, I feel like I need like, more of that too. When I think something's good, someone will tell me they don't and then I'll wonder. Hmm. Right. All right. Let's, t- let's try your idea. Oh, no, I was right. Yeah, I think. Whitney never does that. <laughs> really, she she doesn't doubt herself. No. Do you doubt yourself? Not when it comes to comedy, but uh, yeah, for other stuff, yeah, 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 for sure. How does someone get to be someone who doesn't doubt stuff? I think it's kind of just maybe who you are. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, she always attributed it to her, you know, her childhood and how she had to fight for everything and like. That's just how she is. Maybe that's that's what it is. I mean, mm-hmm. probably hit you at a young age like that. Well, it's interesting because people – there are people who would would say, but having a great childhood is what should make you free of doubt, you know? Yeah. But I don't know that that's true. I think maybe, maybe, you're, maybe it is more from a young age having to appear fearless to get what you want yeah. is what does it. Well, plus think about like a really hot chick, you know? It's like she's insecure. Like you know, because everyone's like, oh, "You're so hot, you're so hot." Right. Like, that, don't, that fucks you up, man. Yeah, that's that. But that's what it should be. If if you're a pretty girl and people say, "Oh, you're very pretty," that shouldn't fuck you up. That should just be a good thing. But right. I don't think it is. It comes with other stuff, you know. Did people tell you you were pretty? Yeah, I've, I'm very pretty, and people would always be like, "I love your fine hair." Mm-hmm. Have you I always have had hair. luscious locks? No, for uh, for uh, ten ten years, I think I've had long hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah. I don't know, but like I'm like that too though. If somebody's like, "Hey man, like I did this <laughs> like I did this part in Workaholics and and I get I get uh, like people will be like, "Hey, you're the guy from Workaholics. I love that." And then I think like, "Well, what about my other stuff?" <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. It's so stupid, but it's like it's a compliment that they're giving you, but it's like, Right. No, know. I'm yeah, I'm the same. What is that though? It's I don't uh, know. I don't know. Is it I wonder is it wanting to keep yourself safe by like trying to see the the dark side or something? I think uh, I think I don't know what the hell that is because it should. I've had a great childhood. I've had a great life, and like I'm happy, but I still feel that way. And I know other people do that have yeah. a fucked up childhood. So it's like 
<laughs> maybe it's just how we are. Were you happy growing up? Yeah, totally. Like totally. I mean, I, I you know, I come from a great family. My Your brother's dad's a director. cool. My dad's a director in the business. And is he still? Does he still do directing? Yeah, yeah he's he's producing, uh, directing, and producing a show for TNT right now called that's coming out in January called Monday Mornings. I saw the pilot, and it's, it's the best pilot I've ever seen. Oh, cool. Yeah, What's so it about? It's, it's, uh, it's about surgeons. Um, and, and and like um, you know, it's a, it's it's a medical show, but mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a little different than than the normal stuff you've, you've seen because it's on. It's it, it's David Kelly. David Kelly does mm-hmm. it, but it's uh, so it's it's like it's like a network show, but they push the limit because it's on TNT, it's on cable. So it's like I mean, it's it's pretty heavy. It's crazy, man. Like heavy, gory. Um, that, but also just like the stuff that they get away with. You're like, oh damn! Like in the pilot, at least, like there's something that happens where you're like. I mean, it just wouldn't have happened if it was on CBS or mm-hmm. or something, you know. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty wild, but it's real. I mean, it's stuff that happens in real life, which is right. Just, you know, so it's all about people dealing with that and what's right and what's wrong in the in the emergency room and shit like that. Go Google the hell out of this yeah. when I get home to find out what Monday you're talking mornings. about. Um, oh, and you have a brother. Yeah. And is he older or younger? He's younger. He's a filmmaker, and uh, he he directed a movie called American Animal that came out. It's on Netflix, uh, and it's fucking really. F- really weird and funny um but uh yeah it came out this past year so mm-hmm. and what does your mom do she's an interior decorator do you have a great sense of design uh no but my place does <laughs> <laughs> she came over and was like you should put this here and that there and then this there and then some of the shit i put up and i was like i didn't even want to put it up but i was like i guess like what we're talking about i guess if she thinks it's a good idea it's good <laughs> well yes if someone has an idea in a field that I know that I know, like if someone yeah, were to yeah, tell yeah. me directions, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going right, to right, right. try to take That's those. That's a good thing. Other than, other than just guess which house it's at. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So in terms of design. Yeah. yeah she, I was just, I mean, I don't know. Even stuff, there's stuff on in my place though where I'm like, I don't like that, but I just leave it up. Mostly because I'm lazy. Like what are we talking about? Like, like a poster? There's, or no, there's she probably doesn't recommend. No, posters. no, no. There was like she got me Scrabble pieces, like big Scrabble pieces that like say. She came over and she was like, "I got you a gift," and I was, I was like, "Oh, cool!" Like, uh, bring it over, and you never know when your mom gets you something if mm-hmm. you're gonna fucking like it or not. Probably not, but <laughs> she gave me these uh, Scrabble pieces that are like you hang on the wall, and but they were just letters, and she was like, "Look what it spells." I bought these ones, and it's ha 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 and, <laughs> and funny, and I was like, "Cause I'm a comedian, like." I yeah. think that that's corny as shit, and but like, but you know, she's a right. girl, and girls like that shit, and she's like, I'm gonna do it for my son, and so I put it Aww, up. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, it's tough to explain it though to people because it's like people come over and they're like, "Yo, you live with a chick," <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, no, but you know, just my my mom put it there, and then they're like, "Why the fuck is your mom here sometimes?" <laughs> yeah, and but like, she lives nearby. It's not like you know, it's just like I don't know. They're still unlocking out. I'm in. I'm in Sherman Oaks, but <laughs> is is the sensibility of your whole place? Does the sensibility of the whole place make someone think that you live with a no? Chair? Well, here's the other thing. I lived there with a girl. Oh, so it's so a did. little bit feminine, feminine as it is. And then when she left, this is what it's like being a guy. I think my uh, when we moved in, the the girl was like, uh, "I want rooster wallpaper for the kitchen," and immediately I was like, "That's fucking real dumb." <laughs> Because what the fuck? Why is There's that a kind of wallpaper? Are you talking about wallpaper with pictures of roosters? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Rooster with pictures with wow. roost, 
pictures of roosters on the wallpaper. And I was like, all right, well, maybe it's a kitchen thing, whatever. Uh, yeah, I have to say, because I have these three um, paintings that I inherited, although they're not worth anything, but they have, like, one's a fancy chicken and one's a goose. Right. Or, I don't know. They're, you know, poultry. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, the kitchen is where these would go if I were to right. hang them. Okay, so yeah. It's just good sense. See, I wouldn't, I, if you gave me those things, I'd be like, well, what do I, where do I put these? A bathroom? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, see. Closet, I See, think. someone's trying to, everyone's trying to get them in a place that people don't look, although when you <laughs> yeah. think about it, the kitchen is somewhere you look a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so rooster wallpaper kitchen. So I put it, uh, so immediately I was like, no, no, that's dumb. But then I was like, what came out of my mouth was like, cool. Like, because I, <laughs> That's what it's like being a guy, I think. It's like you, you don't really give a shit what your place looks like, is uh-huh. my point. So, and I don't want to get in any argument or anything like that. So I'm just like, all right, let's get rooster wallpaper. And then, so uh-huh. she, we did it. And then every day I was living there with rooster wallpaper. I never even thought about it. And then when we, when we broke up, I stayed there. And then the next girl I started dating was like, why do you have fucking rooster wallpaper? Mm. And I was like, oh, I, I don't know. Like, um, it's just the wallpaper that my ex picked. And she was like, oh, like, Let's change it. And so I was like, okay, so so she fucking changed it. I was like, I don't even want to change to it. What? I don't even care. She painted blue over it, and now it's just a bl- <laughs> That's more tolerable for the next one, though, yes. if there should be one. No, I know. So 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 she took it. I was like, yo, I don't want to change the wallpaper. If you want to, you can take the shit down because I don't even care. I don't even think she lived with me at that point. <laughs> Which maybe she just didn't want another girl's birds on maybe, the wall. Maybe. Maybe. You know, because – and I understand that. So, I'm, again, it's not worth the argument. So I'm like just – Paint it blue. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. She's like, what color you want? This one or this one? And I'm like, yeah, that one. Whatever. Like, <laughs> uh, and so she painted over blue, and then she moved in for a little bit, and then she left, and now it's blue. Okay. And I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit what it is. Yeah. I, I just don't care. I, I think that's what it's like being a guy, not caring enough to, 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 to just be like, uh-uh, I don't want those pillows in there. Mm-hmm. Like, to be married or, or in a relationship, like, that's – you can't care. If you're going to have a lot of arguments yeah. if you care what your place looks like as a guy in a relationship or you live with a girl. Now, as a female, I have this relationship to throw pillows, which is, yeah. of course, I like the way they look. Right. But they're such a pain in the ass. Yeah, they look cool. I don't want a bed that is half pillows where if you want to take a nap, it takes like an hour to burrow yeah. into the bed. It's an exaggeration. Uh, but same with the couch, like too many pillows. But it looks good. But, yeah, it uh, looks good, I guess. Yeah. Can't. I but need I, one house for living and one for looking at. <laughs> no, you would still have both houses for looking at. You're right. Yeah, you would be like, well, no, but yeah. You're right. Yeah. There's no way a girl could do that, I think. You're right. Yeah. And a guy, if he had two houses, one for one, it would literally just be a couch and a TV in both. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Because if the TV is uh, big enough, then I think he'd be fine with people looking at it. Like if it's, you know, a good piece of equipment. Yeah. Right. I'm not making a phallic assessment of those. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I no, actually, I didn't even think about that. But yeah. Now I yeah, because see, today I got out of the shower and I was thinking, I'm in a bad mood and I don't know why. Mm. Maybe it's because I don't like where the dresser is in this room. Really? I've had that thought. Maybe if I move the dresser, I'll be in a better mood. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's sad. Feng shui. It's sad for my boyfriend who lives with me who gets to move. And has to move. to move the dresser. Yeah. Oh, man. I remember there, there was like... We go to like family dinner, like my brother and I will go over to my parents' house like every Sunday to eat dinner and every there was like four years where every time I was like, I need you guys to move this thing and, <laughs> and I would look at my dad and be like, Why the fuck do we always have to move something when we come over here? And he's like, I don't know, just fucking do it. 
and we do it, but it was just like, and then it got to the point where like, yo, we're not moving something when we come over. And <laughs> every every time it would be, I like this dresser, this needs to go downstairs. The bed needs to be three feet over the thing. You got to put books under this bed, and so the curtain comes down and does the thing. You don't even, it, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. But she's an interior decorator, so that's right. why, you know. Right. She has uh, so many fucking things. Like plates on walls, roosters places. She has uh-huh, roosters. Uh huh. Just like every, it's just weird, man. I like if you move. If she moves, she's fucked. Because what's she gonna do with all the yeah. things that she's installed and whatnot? Yeah. That's what I always think about when I buy something. It's like I gotta move some t- at some point. Well, okay. I am with you on that because I've moved a lot, and every time I do it, I still think this is a like. I feel like if you move enough, you should attain some kind of special moving um way like the skills or i don't know what but every time i do it it's a pain in the ass i take too much with me i throw out the wrong things right right i'm not good at it even though i've done it a lot where's my kid oh shit (laughs) but what i have done pretty much and this is i think this is sort of like how you know a fish and a whale in captivity the um fin curls according to free willy like i think i'm not living to my true potential because i've just kind of pretty much stopped putting stuff up on walls yeah because it's just too much Pretty, of a pain in the ass. It's dangerous, though. To put it to not? Especially to be a female and not care about the walls. That's where it starts, man. I know. How long have you been in a relationship? Uh, like a year and a half. But yeah. we've only lived together um, about two months. You better start putting stuff on walls. I man. know, because this is a year. It's going to affect him. At one point, you're okay. just going to be like, ah, well, there's gonna be like one, what the fuck? He's a, not going to what's about, but it's about the walls. There's a clock up in the bathroom. That's it. I mean, well, that, a guy would do that. I know. I, I bought a clock. I'm turning into a guy. I bought a clock. You did. I what put kind it on. Of clock? Yeah. Uh, I was just one at like, uh, you know, what, home. I don't even know what the place is called. Bath and Body Works or something. Or no, no, bed, not bath, no, and bed, bath and Beyond. Yeah. Yeah. That was the Beyond part, I guess. Bed Bath. No, it's in the bathroom, so it'd be bath part. Right. I put the clock bed in the bathroom. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Okay. See, so we have the same level of decor going on. I, I other than the, I don't have the Scrabble pieces, but yeah, we need to put stuff on the walls because the way I look at it. It takes me longer and longer to move into a place so that basically it's a spectrum of moving in, moving in, moving in, moving out, moving out, moving out. Yeah. And there's really only – there's going to be a couple mo- – like around month 10, yeah. I'll really have hit my stride of, oh, I like the way this feels now. Okay. And then I'll be out. Not that I'm only going to stay there a year, but I just like to look at it like maybe it's just going to be a year. Yeah. Well, a year is a finite number of, of – uh, 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 It's what um, the lease uh, is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. Right. Because yeah, you probably own. I do, yeah. I, see, I don't. Okay. Well, then then, then you got to think that way. You're going to yeah. be – I'm not going to be here for long because you – Right. But, I, I, but here's the thing though. But now I do own and I own a condo, uh, but it's like, well, I'm going to get a house at some point. See? So I know I'm going to leave. It never ends. I know. Well, so now you were married, yes? I, yeah, I was married, yeah. When was, – was she the Roosters? Yeah. She was the Roosters, yeah. And uh, what happened with with that? She, thing? what happened with the the marriage? The marriage. We, <laughs> we. I, I, I'll start by saying we're still on totally like cool terms. Like she's a cool friend. She got an, an, a new boyfriend that she lives with, and like we just like we text each other jokey shit. Like she's just a cool chick. We were always friends. Um, I knew her when I was sixteen, and um, she was twelve. She was she dated my brother when she was like twelve. And he was twelve. Oh wow! And uh, and uh, or thirteen or something. And then, um, but I just she was always just like a, a kid to me, you know. And then I we I hadn't seen her for so long. And then I ran into her out in Hollywood when I was like twenty four or something like that. And I was like, damn, she's 
she's like a, a really pretty girl now. And, um, and then I ran, and then I, I just kind of left it at that. And then I, I ran into her again a year later. And, and, and no, this was, I must have been 23. And then 24, I ran into her again. I kept running into her. And then. Was she the first one after the Mormon breakup? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, and then, uh, and then, and then we started like dating. And then a year and a half later, we got married. And then we were married for like two years. And then just kind of, it just was like, we were just very cool and f- and friendly, but we were too young. I think we, she was too young, and, and, uh, and she was 21 when we got married. Oh, wow. It was just that kind of a thing. Why did you guys get married? Um, I We loved each other. I, I loved her, you know? And I I was I was one of those, you know, it was one of those things where it was like I I wasn't looking to get married. I think she was, mm-hmm. you know, and she she wanted to— uh, she wanted to get married, and I was like, well, yeah, why the fuck wouldn't we? I love her. You can and, just do that into the mic. Yeah, but how many people listen to this? A lot. If I do that? Yeah. Now we're never dropping. Yeah, that's all right. We just lost some. Anyway, this is why I got divorced, because I would keep doing that. <laughs> she um, couldn't stand the phlegm. No, and then she was just like, I don't know. She, we, 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 really what it was was I, I started doing stand-up every single night, and it was mm. really hard for her to deal with and totally understand that. Because you her. weren't around. Yeah, I mean, I said to her, I was like, look, we're young, and... I would love to be married to you, but just know that my career has to come first for a little while because I'm, you know, if we're married, that's great. But like, yeah, I'm I would not be out re- of there too. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm I, just listening with my female ears. I have two. No, sets. but I, I, and, yeah, I, that's and I said to, I said this to her before we got married. I, okay. I wanted to be very clear that's and different. honest. Okay, and I thought and, this was after you. Got no, 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 no. I said I, I would love to get married with to you, and and I, I love you, and that, that this would be awesome. But you have to understand that my career is, is – it has to be the most important thing. If you're cool with that, then I'm, I'd love it. And, and she was like, I totally get it. Like mm. I, she wanted to be you – know, she, and she's an actress too. She's, she's in stuff and, and she wanted to do it too. So um, so, so together you guys were going to be ambitious. Yeah, totally. Together. Right. Okay. Um, and so, so we did that and, uh, and it just – we never saw each other because I was doing stand-up every, every night. And then she was like, you know, she wanted to go take trips and do stuff, and I do too, but I can't. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, it, I I was I started to do really well, and then I would start to get opportunities that I wasn't getting, and then it was like I needed to be in town because what if that opportunity came up? Yeah. And it's all stuff that's like hypothetical, but you still need to treat it like it's a real job, and so and and. And she ended up saying – then she started going out with her friends and it was like just we lived different lives. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of – you know, it just happened and, and then we separated and then she moved and then we ended up getting divorced like a, a little while after that. Now, when you tell it, it sounds amicable. It, yeah, it really was. Always? Um, I mean we got in arguments and we yelled at each other twice, three times. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like – it wasn't like uh, – there was never fuck you, fuck you ever. Right. It was never that. It was, it was always like, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, like that emotional, like Dawson's Creek shit. Oh wow. Where we were like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I liked Pacey. Yeah. More than Dawson. Uh, some, I mean, some, I think beginning. most people did at at this point. Really. They kind of understand that that Pacey was like the dude. But I never really saw the show except for once. But I like James Vanderbeek. I think he's fucking a good. I think he's a good actor. Yeah. He's done some shit since Dawson too, where he's like good. How do you feel about Felicity? Mm. That was the biggest mistake in TV history when she cut her hair. Oh my god, I know. Did I still think about that sometimes? Devastating. Like, Why the fuck did she do that? Yeah. 
Are you crazy? I know. Don't you hate success? Yeah. That's some And your that's viewers some shit like we were talking about. Like that's some some weird right. childhood shit. Right. To be like well, are you in witness that movie? Yeah, yeah. Are you hiding? Yeah. Because if you're hiding, don't be in a network show. <laughs> hiding in plain sight? Yeah. Yeah. I bring that up because I just saw a trailer for Dark Skies and uh, Carrie Russell is in that. Oh. Yeah. And I thought, She's a good actress, though, I think. She is. But that was fucking weird when she cut her hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so did it take time to get – like, okay, I just had someone on this show who uh, – is I've had a few people on the show who've gone through divorces and it it was devastating, like on the order of Carrie Russell cutting her hair. Yeah. For them. Was it you know, where was it that um, was it tough? I think that I think that I was I think that I was in over my head getting married. So I think it was less devastating because I think that I was young enough to where I was like Oh, I still got my whole life ahead of me. Like yeah. I I kinda just can chalk this up to the game. Right. You know? But um but yeah, so I mean, I remember, you know, the day she moved out, the next day I had a show and I was on stage and I was talking about girls on stage doing my jokes and I almost started crying. And I was like, fuck, man, I hope this doesn't affect me in this kind of way. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I got over it, you know, and I, I still think she's fucking great. And it's just like, you know, it, it's kind of like it just it just kind of I don't feel like we fucked up. I feel like uh, we just kind of evolved into a different kind of thing like we're friends now you know mm-hmm. and that's cool mm-hmm. do you think you'll get married again yeah i can't say i won't yeah i i, I would i would i would do it yeah i mean not at this point no mm-hmm. i think that um i still probably need I, I still probably spend too much time on on work and, and all that to make somebody truly happy but how but yeah. how has um whitney uh affected your stand-up the show. Well, a lot of people come uh, to see me now, which mm-hmm. is, you know, before that, people still would, but it was like f- a few. And now when I do the road, like it's, I'll sell, I'll sell a, a lot of the shows out. And um, it's really cool, man. I don't know. It, I, I don't know if, um, I think some people are, don't know what they're going to get. I mean, my, my stand up is way different than Whitney. So, right. way different than the show Whitney. So, than how I am on Whitney. So, I think that sometimes hopefully they're pleasantly surprised, but I don't. I don't if, know. If you were to explain the difference, I mean, because it's not like a Bob Saget thing. No, it's not that. I'm not dirty or raunchy or anything like that at all. But um, but you're I'm just, just really high energy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, according I, to your IMDb trivia, versatile comic, vocal impressions, energetic presence. Oh, who I don't know who wrote that. I don't either, but someone who knows you. Yeah, that's your vibe. Yeah. Okay. So, so sorry. You were saying on no. stage you're you're more high energy. Yeah. I just I like having fun, and to me, fun is like <laughs> energetic, and that's just how I am. I, you know, I I I I know some comics are more writers, and and some are are more performers, and I kind of feel like I I just I like to just be in the moment and do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, like I do crowd work sometimes, and like I'll just. Sometimes I'll just start saying things that I think are funny and it's, it works a lot. Sometimes it doesn't work and it's like, all right, cool, next thing, fuck it. Mm-hmm. But like um, – A really funny physical comedy too. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I've always liked to do that. I, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like – I don't know why. I've, I've always done that. I remember – Do you feel like your body is your instrument? Is that why? <laughs> <laughs> if I ever said that, please kill me. 
Okay. Um, I, can I jump in with like my favorite Chris D'Elia thing ever? Yeah. Um, there was a TMZ video of TMZ interviewing Pete Holmes outside of the Melrose Improv. Oh, yeah. But they, I know didn't, gonna... they didn't know who he was. <laughs> and D'Elia walks by and he's like, that's Pete Holmes. And the like, the, Pete was so pissed. But it was, it was fucking Wait, perfect. really? Wait, hold on. I think maybe I don't know what this is. Oh no! I do know what you're talking about. I just ran by, right? Yeah, like they were they were, they had a camera on. Oh, and I say, hey, what's up, Pete Holmes? Yeah, I remember that. The improv, and they didn't know who he was. Oh, that's hilarious. And Dalia like runs by, and he's like, "Hey, Pete Holmes!" That's and right. And he was like, "Dalia!" Like he was so. It was perfect. I remember it was just, that. It, like Chris wasn't even on camera really, but it was, it was just the back of my head. It I was think. so perfect. Uh, yeah, I, that made me laugh for quite a while. Just trying to give him some some screen time, some name. I want people to know his name. He's fucking hilarious, by the way. He is. We, yeah. We've had him. Oh yeah, on he's the show. super funny. He's great. Mm-hmm. Um, what were we talking about? Yeah, I was asking how Whitney is affected. Yeah, it's just, people, it just more, people come um, see yeah. me, and and now it's uh, it's um, you know, you know, it just it's just affected just my attendance at, at my shows, which is awesome. I mean, oh, I know. But we were talking. You were saying some uh, some comedians are more writers, whereas you're more. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I, I definitely write my own material and I, I love to to do that and I, I would not say I'm not a writer but mm-hmm. I, I just to me it's all about getting up there and showing you know right no there, there are some comedians though where I think people are like oh you can tell he's a writer and I feel like what they mean is he should be writing <laughs> yeah a lot of times <laughs> for someone I, else to be performing a lot of times almost. I a lot of times I do feel that way uh, about certain a, a certain or, 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 or people just feel that way about certain but then there are guys who are you know, so I feel like some guys, if you're like playing the writer mm-hmm. and that's your vibe, yeah. then that's good because that's a performance, you know, like uh, like the least physical comic ever, uh, you know, Jeff Ross. He's hilarious, <laughs> but he's a performer guy because yes. he, that's his whole thing. Right. He's like he, he's being that guy, you know. Um, but, yeah, some guys that just have no presence that are just doing jokes. Yeah, they should be writers, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You know? um, you're so good on Whitney. Oh, thanks. Did you um, take acting classes or train, or is that all just natural? Um, I was always the guy who would start taking the acting class and then be like, what the fuck? I'm, I'm out of here. So Why? It was just all like... Your body is your instrument? Yeah, like it was all that. It was all, hey, you know, act like a, act like a plant. Uh, do, do, do this. And you're like... I, I don't see how that helps, but I mean, I'm, I guess it does. You know, I, I, people get better and, and, and do that shit and learn how to do that stuff. And I mean, I just, it was always something with acting class, though. Like at NYU, I was in the Atlantic Theater Company. Like I went there for one year for NYU. And there was shit where, like, if you were doing a funny scene, the, the rest of the class couldn't laugh because that was going to throw the, 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 the audience off. And I was just like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're doing it to make people laugh. Yeah. We're not, we weren't allowed to laugh. If we laugh, we got in trouble. That makes no, I'm not, it sounds like Wait, I'm making it up. No, no. Ugh. Okay, people couldn't laugh because it would throw the rest of the audience. It was, off? it was no, it was. They like, need like, to find out the acting of it, and they need to find out the beats of it, and don't laugh and let them do what they do. It, it made no fucking that sense. Indicate yes. where? It, oh, yes. Okay. It, there's the exact opposite of what, yes. what should be true. Right. But you know, that being said, I, I did learn stuff from certain teachers that I did like individuals. You know, mm-hmm. that would like. Um, yeah, I've, I've picked up some stuff in the acting classes, but I, I've, I've always just kind of, I've, I've, I, I, I constantly live in this world where I think, what would I do if if this happened, mm. or or 
or I watch somebody and, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm staring at them in a coffee shop and I'm like, that, that person probably would do this or feels this way or, or if, if I were him, I would do this, you know. But constantly, like all my, all, all my life I've been doing that shit. So I think that that kind of helps with it because mm-hmm. I really pay attention to the way people are. Right. You know. See, I feel like I have a sense of that, but I can't make it come out of me. Yeah. Yeah. The, I can't the, control the, my body in that way. That's part of it. Yeah, that's part of it. Like, I mean, to be able to like cry on cue is a different story. I mean, like to, to be able to become that or do mm-hmm. that. But uh, I think – I think part of part of me I think part of me is a little bit um I'm a little bit like weird like I I I have like I obsess about a lot of things and like um I've always been like as a kid I was fucking terrified of things like so scared I couldn't sleep I don't think I slept in my own bed without running into my parents room until I was maybe 12 I mean that's old you know I would run in and be like hey is everything okay like I'm I was fucking insane you know and like I just had such a crazy, weird imagination. Like I would imagine burglars come in and just like fucking dragging me out of there and kidnapping me. I remember my, my parents took a taxi to the airport once I was a little kid. And I, th- I thought the guy looked like somebody that was going to kill them. And I was like, Mom, you don't understand. Like, please be careful. Just the guy looks like a killer. And like, I mean, I, I thought my – I slept over my friend's house. I thought my friend's mom was going to kill me. I stayed up all night. I mean, this is like I'm, – I'm, I'm like – like that's how I am, and and I think that that leads to th- that 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 whole imagination that I have just kind of like makes me sometimes be able to be in another place and like be mm-hmm. like, okay, this is th- I got to play this guy. This is the guy I am now, and it's you just can convince yourself, yeah, of a because reality. I'm fucking crazy in a way. You know, it's like, you know, um, did something happen that made made the fears subside? Have they subsided? I mean, yeah, they've definitely subsided, but like, um. If I watch a fucking scary movie, like I saw this movie called Pulse, but it was, they they remade it, the American Americans remade it, but it, this is a Japanese movie. Oh my god, I'm already scared. Yeah, if There's you ever a see a Japanese movie, yes, don't don't Japanese see the movies version. are like <laughs> Japanese movies are like they'll make it like a, a fucking Christmas movie and it's scary. Like <laughs> it's fucking so scary, and it's called Pulse, and I I couldn't I. I I couldn't sleep after that, like for 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 days. And, and the movie was so scary. I would like, I would like cower, yes. and, but I, I would like tr- watch the side of the screen. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm trying to like, because I couldn't look at it, uh, and I, that fucked me up. Like movies like that when Blair Witch Project when that came out, that yeah. fucked me up. You know? I mean, I was younger, but like it just, um, yeah, it subsides. Yeah, I'm, I'm not scared like that anymore. But right. like, I, I'm scared of more of the the supernatural now. Like the yes, like I don't. If, I'm not. I'm not scared about somebody breaking in. Like I'm a man. Like I'll mm-hmm. I'll deal with it. If if he gets the best of me, then he deserve he deserved to. But like, uh, yeah, no, I'm afraid of like a ghost. Isn't that funny that your fears then just switch to the thing that you that is can't... not real. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I was gonna say that. You know, when you're a kid, a fear of someone harming you physically is a realistic fear because you can't right. take them. But now it's like that amount of anxiety has found a new thing, which is yeah. – But do you believe in the supernatural stuff? Because I'm mean, afraid of it in I, movies, but I don't believe I mean, in yeah, it. Yeah, the same goes for me. I, but but the thing is, is like, like I don't believe in that shit, but I'm still scared of it. Yeah. So it's like, you know, like I'm not – like like I, I always say like I'm not religious, but like I'm I'm – I would be an idiot to say there's no God. Like, how the fuck would I know? Mm-hmm. How, how, would, how would I know? Like, so, so maybe that's what it is. Like, I mean, but do you like suspect I, there isn't? Or do you really, are you truly agnostic? Like, you. No, I have no idea. Okay. I, I, I can't say that because it's like, where, 
then where did we come from? And then, okay, we came from the scientists say we came from here. It's like, okay, well, that, that sounds crazy too. You know, mm-hmm. I have no fucking idea. But to just have blind faith in, in like a God is weird too because yeah. it's like that's just blind faith. Right. So, you know, the same goes for ghosts, dude. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Um, I uh, – my when I think back on my childhood, it's like there are these these months at a time where I just felt – like haunted for lack of a better word because I had heard about some scary movie and read about it or seen part of it yeah. and it was like it just terrorized me for yeah. way too long like The Exorcist I yeah. didn't even see it I just was yeah. at a Halloween party and I was hiding under a blanket and I swear it I was frightened yeah. like I I just I didn't have peace of mind I felt agitated for a long time also whatever happened to Baby Jane which is a dark comedy I never I even saw one. it it's with Betty Crawford and uh Joan Davis. I don't know. Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. I knew those Either names said around coming out. Yeah. There's um one one of them is like an uh she was a child actress, mm-hmm. but now she's like 60 or 50 or whatever, but it's like an adult well. dressed up like like she looks like a human raggedy Ann doll and she's like terrorizing her sister who's in a wheelchair. I mean like all sorts of It's a it's a horror it's, movie or no? It's actually Sounds creepy as shit. It's creepy as shit. Yeah. It is creepy as shit, but it's a dark it's considered a dark comedy but it's also kind of a horror movie i think weird i don't know i think i suspect it i don't know gary look up whatever happened to baby jane if you don't mind and tell us what it's classified as genre wise um but anyway i never even saw it but just hearing about it scared the shit out of me yeah. and sybil scared me oh yeah i know about that i didn't <clears throat> see it but yeah yeah it's scary um yeah all right well okay well no back to the acting question Okay. Um, Google qualifies it as a psychological thriller. Oh, okay. Oh. There well, you're you fucked up if you thought it was funny then. <laughs> That's your own deal. That's right. I don't know why I thought that it was that. Um, it's clear that – okay, so you play her her live-in boyfriend. boyfriend yeah. And it's clear that there's all this affection between you guys. Yeah. And in real life, there's all this affection between you guys. Let's yeah. say you were playing the role opposite someone that you didn't Despised? like. Sure. Or didn't like, yeah. Either. Do you think that you would be able to play it just as well? Yeah. I, I think I would, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I would get off on that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I would be able to, to – I would be like, I, I hate this person or like I'm going to fucking love the shit out of her. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's the same thing really. Right. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, I think I would be able to do that, yeah. All right. All right uh, it would be tougher to – Make out with something I was somebody I was severely not attracted to, but I, mm-hmm. I, I think I could do that too if I had to. But you and Whitney have never dated, right? No, never. Yeah. Has there ever been any? Because I feel like if I were making out with someone that I had affection for, even though it's a job, mm-hmm. at some point that would get confusing. It, to yeah. Uh huh. Um. Yeah. I, I I would have thought that too, to be honest. But um, I'm uh, I'm really good at keeping work separate from mm-hmm. from from dating I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 i i realize how important work is and as as hot or as attracted as i was to whitney and she's beautiful i mean she's she's but i just that's just no that's just a no area is crystalia telling the truth find out in part two of this exciting two-part crystalia episode and you can download that bright and early Thursday morning, set an alarm, write it on your hand, and write it on your friend's hand, and then make sure your friend keeps his or her hand right in front of your face. I love you guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, do you know about the 
show Digital. 